don't don't start make me cry i don't know why it makes me so emotional <laughs> it's so ridiculous i am just really emotional the minute anyway i think oh well it's hard it's hard like um when i i felt so bad well really did. you've been through so much pain in your life and to have someone come on and and judge you that a stranger come on and judge you when they don't know you Well, hey there. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted podcast. I am your host, Kim Constable, otherwise known as The Sculpted Vegan. And of course, this podcast is about all things strong and all things sculpted. And today I have another very special guest for you. Now, this special guest, I would say, is a little controversial. Now, she in of herself is not controversial, but the very fact that I have this guest on my Sculpted Vegan podcast is probably going to cause a little bit of upset in many ways and also probably a little bit of curiosity. So I want you to, before I even introduce this guest or tell you about why she's here, I want you to open your mind, okay? I am inviting you, before we even get into this podcast, to open your heart and to open your mind. Because this podcast really, if you allow it, can change your whole perspective. And not only can it change your perspective, it can allow you to ultimately change your life. Yes, I truly believe it is that powerful because I had a very life-changing experience, which is is what led for me to have this, this guest on my podcast today. So let me tell you a little bit about the guest first and why she's here before we even get into it. So today's guest is um, a very special woman called Michaela Peterson. Now, Michaela Peterson is the daughter of Jordan B. Peterson, who I believe is one of the greatest thought leaders of our time. Now, I did not realize that Jordan Peterson um, is loved by many and hated by many. He's kind of like Marmite, actually, I've discovered. You either love Jordan Peterson or you hate him. There's really no in-between. But, you know, I have grown to realize that whenever you have very strong opinions on things, which I do... Um, people will either love you or they will hate you. Anyone who has a strong opinion on something, if they stand up and voice that opinion, has to be prepared for the onslaught of love and the onslaught of hate that will come from standing up and having that opinion. So anyway, Jordan Peterson became someone who I was very interested in. I first saw him on Lewis Howe's um, Instagram page and it was a very short clip of an interview and it was basically where Jordan Peterson talks about um, we are stronger than life is tough. So he says, you know, we and he really talked about how each of us have this strength, this inner strength that, you know, really is untapped in many ways, but, you know, that we we think we're not strong, but actually we're an awful lot stronger than we think. And that really resonated very, very strongly with me whenever I saw that, because it is what I teach inside my programs. It's what I teach inside the Sculpt and Shred, the 18 month. And it's ultimately the core message that I try to bring to women all over the world is that you are strong than life is tough. You are stronger than you think. So I began to follow Jordan Peterson and um, I saw that he had a book called 12 Rules for Life. And I'm a great audiobook listener. So I downloaded the book on Audible and I started to listen to his book. Now, it is very, very... Um, philosophical. It's very intense. It's it's an incredible book. It's about eight to ten hours long, I think, to listen to. So it took me a long time to listen to it, but I love to drive and listen, and I love to walk and listen. And so um, I really do a lot of my learning while I'm driving or walking. And I, I listened to this whole book, and I thought Jordan Peterson's, the research that he put into it, the philosophies that he teaches were just absolutely mind-blowing. Now, in the process of reading this book, I was, of course, following Jordan Peterson on Instagram and on um, uh, YouTube, watching a lot of his videos. And then one day on Instagram, he posted a picture of himself eating a steak. Now, I didn't know much about Jordan Peterson's beliefs or what he ate or what he did or whatever. I wasn't really that interested in how he led his life. I was more interested in his teachings. So this particular day, he was eating a steak and he said as the caption, 
trying the lion diet um, as inspired by my daughter, Michaela Peterson. Now, it wasn't the fact that he was trying the lion diet, which, and you know, which made me click on it. It was more the fact that he had a daughter. I was like, oh, Jordan Peterson has a daughter. Great. Like, I didn't know that much about him at this stage. So I clicked on the tag, Michaela Peterson, and I went through to his, um, went through to her Instagram page. And the first thing I saw in her bio was that she had written, um, healed myself from an auto from autoimmune disorders, um, eating only beef, salt, and water. And I immediately went, really? Beef, salt, and water? You know, like the vegan in me, the healer in me, the yogi, detox, expert, fitness, nutrition, you know, um, person in screaming inside of me went, really? Beef, salt, and water? And of course, I'm so narcissistic. And um, I can't even think of any other other word to describe myself, but I I really was kind of quite, you know, prideful about it. And I was like, immediately I thought, I would have been able to heal her on a much better diet, beef, salt, and water. What kind of crap is that? Like, that was honestly my instant thought whenever I saw her Instagram page. So anyway, I thought, well, I'm still open to the fact, you know, she was Jordan Peterson's daughter. So I was open to the fact that even if we didn't agree on philosophies on how we eat, you know, she may be an interesting person to follow. So I started scrolling down through her Instagram feed and one of the first posts that jumped out at me was um, one of her, it was her birthday, and one of her best friends had brought her around instead of a birthday cake, she had brought her around a birthday steak. So she had this steak on a plate with a couple of birthday candles in it and, you know, Michaela Peterson was saying about how, you know, incredible her friends were and how wonderful this was and I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, are you fucking kidding me? A steak for your birthday? And I immediately began to judge her, okay? I judged her from her caption. I immediately began to judge her from her posts. I was like, are you are you shitting me? Like, seriously, a steak for your birthday? So as I kind of started to read through her, you know, scroll through her posts, a lot of them were about meat, were about, you know, eat, excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of them were about meat. A lot of them were about eating beef. A lot of them were just about, you know, promoting the killing and eating of animals. And that seemed to be all she had put on her page. Or that's all I saw anyway. And there's a very big distinction here, okay? Through my limited perception, all I was able to see of Michaela Peterson was the fact that she was a murderer. She was a murderer of animals, contributing to the suffering of animals in the world. And this is what she was promoting on her page. And I was kind of, and I got all, you know, on my high horse about, this is complete and utter crap. Why would anybody think that, like, the only thing that can heal them is beef and beef, salt, and water? What kind of, you know, fucking psychopath, you know, like, only eats beef, salt, and water? You know, on the outside, I was, like, smiling sweetly. And, oh, yeah, you know, pretending to be, like, this really non-judgmental person and whatever. But, you know, it wasn't really, like, a, again, it wasn't, like, something that I was consciously doing. And and it wasn't even something that I was consciously saying out loud, but internally, now, on reflection, looking back, I know that I was judging her. And so I scrolled through her page a wee bit, and then I thought, you know, because I wanted to follow her, but I also didn't want to follow her because I didn't believe in what it was that she was promoting or what I thought she was promoting, okay? And I really want you to get the distinction here between what she was actually promoting and what I thought she was promoting because I couldn't see past the end of my own nose. I couldn't see past what I thought she was promoting. And I would consider myself to be a very open-minded person, a very non-judgmental person, a very accepting person, okay? But I realized that day, well, I'll actually tell you what I realized afterwards. I'll regress slightly, so I'll go back. So I, I saw her page and I thought, you know what? I wish her well. She's not the kind of person that I want to follow. And I moved away from her page. And I never really thought about it again, but I think I was disappointed a little bit. I was, you know, I really wanted to follow Jordan Peterson's daughter. And then I began to almost judge Jordan Peterson a little bit. And this is just me being completely and utterly honest with you. So I began then to be like, well, you know, I don't know whether I I think slightly differently of Jordan Peterson. I mean, he's a really good guy, really smart, really intelligent, but he's, is is he now doing this lion diet? And, and, you know, and why is his daughter eating only beef, salt, and water? I mean, and surely, you know, these are highly intelligent people. I mean, surely highly intelligent people know that you don't just eat beef, salt, and water, right? Literally vomiting judgment all over them. So here's what happened. I continued on listening to The 12 Rules for Life, and we got to the final chapter. And I can't remember exactly the name of the final chapter, but I think it was Don't Pass a Cat in the Street Without Petting It, okay? And he always has these quirky names for the titles, and then then you really begin to understand through the chapter what it is that he's talking about. And in this chapter, he talked all about his daughter, Michaela. He described Michaela's journey from when she 
began to live her life in excruciating pain from, I think it started when she was around four years old. And he began to describe as a parent what it was like to watch his daughter live her life and to live her life in excruciating pain with multiple autoimmune disorders, with severe depression, with being, you know, with with clinical depression, not, you know, situational depression, um, and what she had been through. And, and as I listened to another parent talk about their child and describe their pain, to describe talking her down from the ledge, to describe how she had gone from being a happy, happy, happy child to living a life that none of us can even imagine. I thought back to how I had judged her whenever I went onto her Instagram page. And I sat, I never forget, I sat in my kitchen and I listened to Jordan Peterson talk about Michaela. And as he spoke about her pain, his voice broke. His voice broke several times during this chapter when he was so overwhelmed with emotion that his voice broke. And, and by this stage, I had been with Jordan Peterson for like 10 hours of his book. So you get to know someone very well when you're listening to their voice, you know, and, you, and you're, you're, you're listening to them reading their own writing. You really feel like a very strong affinity with this person. And in that moment, I had this enormous epiphany, this enormous epiphany where I realized how quickly I, and how harshly I had judged Michaela. Michaela eats beef, salt, and water because through a process of elimination, she has realized that the only way she can live her life pain-free is by eating beef, salt, and water. It's not a choice that she's made because she loves killing animals. It's not a choice that she has made because she, you know, just loves eating beef. It's not because she's some kind of, you know, some kind of sadist or some kind of, you know, masochist where she just, she loves, and I know there's a difference between sadist and masochist, but I can't remember what the difference is. <laughs> but uh, it's not like, you know, she has chosen to, you know, to deprive herself of, of everything else except these things because she's on some crazy experiment. It is literally because she has realized that by eating only beef, salt, and water, she can live a life pain-free, free from pain. And I have never, ever lived in pain, ever, apart from having like a sore muscle or a pulled muscle or something. I have never lived my life with chronic pain. I do not know what that's like. And I realized in that moment that if I had been through what Michaela had been through, I would do exactly the same as she had done. And I probably wouldn't be a vegan. I mean, in fact, now if I was in chronic pain and I realized the only thing that could stop me from being in chronic pain was to eat beef, I would probably eat beef. It, if it was that or die, I'd say I'd eat the beef. And so I realized then, I, um, I, I thought I was a really open-minded and really judge, non-judgmental person. And I realized in that moment that I wasn't. And this epiphany just hit me so hard that I actually started to cry. I was sitting on the, on the couch in my kitchen and I actually started to cry. I was so overwhelmed with, with the realization and, you know, with the integration that I had just had as to how I was missing this piece of my own humanity that I, I instantly reached out to her. So I went on to Instagram and I instantly followed her because now I was curious. Now, now I wanted to connect with her because I had felt her pain through her dad describing it and I really wanted to connect with her. So I wrote to her on Instagram and I basically told her everything that I've just told you guys. I told her about how profound my 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 um, integration had been, about this realization that I had had. I, I apologized to her for judging her. I, I I thanked her for being brave enough to share her story. I but I just most of all I just wanted to. Um, I guess I wanted to cleanse myself a little bit. I wanted to purge myself. I wanted to. I, I felt that I had been so harshly judgmental of her. And um, and I just wanted to, to share it with her. And she was gracious enough to write back and to thank me for my message. And we became we became friends. We became the unlikeliest of friends. We became the vegan and the carnivore. And we we WhatsApp each other many times now. Whenever she was in Russia, when her dad was ill recently, I was messaging her every day in support of her. Um, you know, just because she was there with her dad supporting him, and so I was supporting her. And we have become the best of friends. And. I, I invited her to come on this podcast knowing that it was probably going to cause a little bit of controversy because, you know, there are a lot of vegans listening to this podcast. And But the reason why I have invited her to come on this podcast is because I wanted to 
invite you guys to also open your minds. I wanted to you to hear her story, not to try to um, to change you away from being vegan or to try to uh, condone the killing of animals or like I will never be a meat eater. Okay, I'd like not, never say never. Like my God, if I had an autoimmune disease, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. But at the minute, I just can't see that I would ever be a meat eater. But I have grown so much that I can accept having a friend who I would consider one of my best friends, one of my closest friends. Um, who is a, who literally only eats meat. And so I wanted to invite her on this podcast and I wanted to invite you guys to open your hearts, to open your minds and to hear her story. And she's very raw and very candid in this interview. And I, I know that you're going to love her as much as I do. And and again, the reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on here as well was because whenever I comment on her Instagram page, or she puts up a post and I comment and I say, that's because you're so beautiful. Or like, I always get like an encouraging comment. I get attacked by the by the carnivores. And I didn't realize that the carnivores are actually just as bad as the vegans. So I'm always going on about the angry preachy vegans and about how, you know, and I know that it's just fear that causes the vegans to do it. But I, I have to say, I have been burned many times by the angry vegans who, whenever they find that I don't live up to their expectations, want to punish and blame me. But I understand it because I wanted to punish and blame Michaela for being who she was. So the thing about it is whenever we find that someone is not like us or isn't the way we expected them to be, rather than readjusting our expectations and realizing that our expectations were not in reality, we blame and punish the other person for not living up to our expectations, which has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with our expectations. And so I have got this as well many times on her page from the carnivores whenever I post, they I think they think I'm being sarcastic or facetious. And then they, they, you know, they message underneath like, you know, what a hypocrite, I've been called a hypocritical fucker, you hypocritical bitch, what are you doing here? Get back to your own page, you fucking vegan. And it's, it's insane. Like they might've hate that I have received. And I realized it's not just the vegans that are angry. It's the carnivores that are angry too. And they're angry back at the vegans who are angry back at the carnivores. And it really is just like a war. It's like the war of the North and the South, of the black and the white, the Catholic and the Protestant. You know, it's, it's like, I have a strong belief about something and if and if you're on the opposite side of that belief you are the enemy we don't see the see that other person as a human being with a very strong belief just like our very strong belief and in fact what we don't realize is that other person is actually far more like us than we would realize we both have very strong beliefs on things we both you know are very passionate about things and we're both very fearful so if someone is on the other side of from you say you're here in Ireland it's Catholic and Protestant and I think in America it's black and white and north and south and all that, you know, so if someone is on the opposite side to you and you're fighting, it's because they believe as passionately as you do in their cause. So you're actually more alike than you are different. So I wanted to, um, I invited Michaela on this podcast today. We're going to go to the interview now. I really wanted to do a long introduction to give this some context because I had it just launched into, oh, here's Michaela, Michaela, and she's a carnivore. You may have been like a bit like, what, Kim? Okay, have you actually lost your marbles? But I wanted to, um, like I said, invite you to open your hearts, open your minds to hear Michaela's story. I hope that you will have the same integration, the same transformation as I do. Um, and I would love for you to leave, or as I did, sorry, and I would love for you to leave your, your comments um, wherever you listen to this podcast. I would love to hear your comments on what you felt um, and what you learned from listening to this interview. So I'm going to go to the interview with Michaela now, and then I will talk to you guys again at the end. Michaela Peterson, oh my goodness, how long have we been trying to have this podcast interview? I want to say, am I totally off by saying at least a year? I was going to say, yes, it is. It's definitely close to a year. It's like we have set it up so many times. And then, but I was just like, you know what, when the time is right, we will do it. And here we are right in the middle of a global pandemic when we're both, <laughs> you know, housebound and what, what a better time to actually do this interview. So listen, thank you so much for agreeing to come on here. You know that I've been, you know, um, a big fan of yours for a long time now. So it really is an honor to to have you here to take time out of your busy day. I know you're spending time with your daughter and with your husband. Um, so Michaela, listen, I am so deeply honored to have you on this podcast. I know that it is um, 
strange, I'm sure, for many people listening. They're like, okay, so the vegan and the carnivore. I kind of feel like you and I are kind of like, you know, like the, you know, the north and the south, the black and the white, you know, the vegan and the carnivore. And I know that we've had like a few people on our, you know, whenever I comment on your Instagram and things, people are um, are like, what are you doing here? Are you vegan? Get away. And, yeah, and yeah, similarly, yeah. I've had people message me after, you know, if I ever tag you in my stories and stuff, people message me and they're like, I'm confused. She's a carnivore. And I'm like, does that mean we can't be friends? So yeah, let's get into that automatically. Bit automatically have to hate each other. Yeah, it's true. So let's get into that in a little bit. But here's what I want to start with, okay? I really would love for you to tell us your story. I mean, I've heard it a few times. You've never told it to me personally. I've heard you tell it on YouTube and things, but you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Wasn't that right? Whenever you were very young, but you think you've had it from age two? Yeah. um, I'll start. Well, I can start about age two. When I first started walking, I started walking funny with my legs out. so we figure that's when the symptoms started. So that was two. I was formally diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was seven. Um, we moved to Toronto and I just wasn't walking well. I was walking down the stairs one foot at a time. Um, I was complaining that my shoes were too small. Um, and when I was formally diagnosed, I had 37 uh, infected joints. So it was just, it was basically everywhere except for my spine. And so that was when I was seven, when I was eight, I started taking medications for it. So, um, immune suppressants, I was the first kid in Canada to be put on something called Enbrel. Um, I took methotrexate. So those are really intense immune suppressants. And even though I was on those, so I was injecting myself uh, twice a week with the immune suppressants because you can't take them orally. Uh, even though I was on that, my arthritis got worse and worse and worse. And by the time I was 17, my hip and my ankle were in such terrible shape that they needed to be replaced. So that, that was just the rheumatoid arthritis factor. So age 12, I was diagnosed with severe depression um, with hypomanic episodes. I always had this like feeling. It was it was a strangely like visceral feeling of falling or just doom when I went anywhere. So it was like if you've ever been in a dangerous part of town and you just have a feeling that someone is, you know, going to pop out at you, I just had that constantly. And that's an understatement. Like a fight or flight feeling almost like a, like yeah, a constant yeah. fight or flight it feeling. Was, it was exactly that. And I was like jumpy. So if someone came out, I'd scream, right? Just like total overreactions to anything, which I thought was kind of entertaining at the time because you might as well, even if you're in a bad place, you might as well look at your life like, that that was no reaction. That was kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. But the depression was just absolutely horrible. And it hit my dad as well. So the reason uh, I was diagnosed so early was because my dad was already aware he had it. So when I was 21, it finally hit my skin. And my cousin had, um, she passed away when she was 30. And she had this chronic, like idiopathic skin autoimmune disorder. And for whatever reason, she passed away when she was 30. She was like terribly sick. It was devastating. So she passed away and I thought, oh, oh my God, that's not good. And whatever I have seemed similar to that. It was reaching that point. Mm-hmm. My skin wasn't healing. Like uh, I went away for Christmas one year um, and my skin didn't heal at Christmas. And it was like six weeks. And then slowly, right after my birthday, it started healing again. I was like, oh God, okay, I have to figure out what's going on with me or I'm worried it's going to kill me. I thought, screw it, I'll just do an elimination diet. And I had, I really didn't think food had anything to do with any of my problems, but I thought maybe it had something to do with the arthritis, maybe if I was lucky. So I went down to a list of foods and I kind of just guessed. I thought, like, what are people not allergic to? Um, So I had meat on that list. I kept fish. And then I had, like a list of 17 vegetables and fruits. So I, I cut out, you know, legumes, nuts, dairy, eggs. Well, wheat was obviously already out, but I cut out things that I knew people were allergic to. So I went out to like sweet potatoes, salad greens. Um, what else? I didn't have any fruit in there at the beginning. Like uh, broccoli, parsnips, turnips, dark yeah, greens, broccoli. Okay? Yeah, broccoli, spinach. That was pretty much it. I had a list of 17 foods. All the anti-inflammatories. Yeah. And that was before I found out about some of the, like the autoimmune paleo diet, which was, is very similar to what I started out on. 
the next two years I spent desperately trying to reintroduce foods. Um, so the first thing uh, I tried to reintroduce because I really had no idea what I was doing was the Sour Patch Kids the, uh, candy. <laughs> because I was <laughs> looking back, that's really funny. But I looked at the ingredients and I thought, okay, it's basically just sugar and citric acid. Yeah, I bet you were I was missing. Like, you were missing like a normal. Like yeah, Sour Patch Kids and candy it was, and. It was really isolating. Like um, I was in university. I had to pack all my lunches. It was like taking stews and things. And I ha- like if I didn't have anything to eat, I I was being really careful because I was like, I didn't want to go to restaurants because I didn't know what they were putting on restaurants. And it, I found it extremely awkward to order anything. And I didn't want to be one of those people that was like, sorry, like, you know, some mustard touched this. So please bring it back to the kitchen. Here, you know what? Give that, me something welcome to new. the world of being a vegan. Oh my <laughs> That's God. A vegan. <laughs> I, I used to, I hated it. It took yeah, me it's hard. four and a half years to get used to it. And, and people are always like all. as well, people are like, oh God, here she goes again. Whenever I go into restaurants, like, uh, excuse me, can you tell me what's in this? And what's, and also because I'm conscious what goes in my food and people, all my family are like, oh my God, here she goes. And I'm like, I'm sorry that this is important to me. I, I apologize that you're uncomfortable, that I don't just order off the menu, <laughs> but yeah, I what, feel sorry for it. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's really socially awkward. I'm sure you're aware of that. Especially but, when, you know, you were so young at the time as well. It's, you know, it's a hell of a lot for a young person to deal with. I mean, you're still young for God's sake. What are you? 27? 28, 28. So my itch, my whole body itch came back and I, I was eating the Sour Patch Kids being like, shit. Like, so I threw them away. It was like, okay, fine. Sour Patch is out. I'm not sure why. There's something in it that's making me itchy. So I just wasn't able to introduce anything. I did manage actually eventually to introduce apples and pears. So then I started going to doctors and being like, I think I have sensitivities. Like, I think I have this type of immune response. Um, and it's called a type four hypersensitivity reaction. And it's an actual immune response. And generally it's to bacteria. And I was saying, I'm getting this to food. Like, is And I was going to immunologists and they were saying, well, no, you don't have an actual allergy to these foods. So it's not a thing. I was like, well, it is, but that's fantastic. Like nobody believes me continually. And I'd already spent my whole life being called, you know, basically like, well, being told I was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, because you was didn't like, well, fit I have any of the traditional molds because they couldn't, they couldn't put your symptoms in a box and yeah. re- describe them and write up a prescription for them and send you away and make you better. Yeah. I had like four different diagnoses and I'd go in and I'd freak out because there'd be like blisters on my knuckles. And I'd say, this is fucked up. What, what is this? This shouldn't be happening. And they'd say, oh, it's, you know, dyshydrotic eczema. Don't worry about it. I was like, you don't, just because you have a name for it doesn't mean people should have that symptom. Right. Yeah. They'd be like, well, just like here, I got prescribed lorazepam at one point because it was like, just calm down. So then by the September, I'd repeatedly had these horrible food reactions. And they were three week long reactions where I went absolutely nuts. My arthritis came back, my itching came back, my skin broke out. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I don't even care if I have to live on 15 foods for the rest of my life. Like, at least I've found something that treats this autoimmune disorder. And at that point, I started a blog because I thought I'd been doing so much online reading. And I thought if there's anybody else out there that's experiencing like these kind of weird reactions, at least they'll know they'll know they're not alone. So I started a blog then. And then I got pregnant and it wasn't planned. Um, but I kept baby she's two and a half now she's awesome um thank you very much um and all my autoimmune symptoms came back and they didn't come back to the same degree they were before I started dieting but it was like a month in and my food whatever I was reacting to at the time the reaction just never went away and I was like what is going on like I have this list of safe foods and it's not working how is that possible were you scared Michaela when you were pregnant like it was horrifying. I was absolutely horrified the entire time. Like I cried and pregnancy can be really hard for people, but I cried every day. I was in a relationship at the time that I wasn't sure about. Like I'd known Andre for eight months at that point. And the thing that was happening with my dad was super weird. Like, um, we'd go out and he'd get recognized in places and it was just like, that's just absurd. Mm -hmm. And then, but mostly it was my arthritis and my depression. It was mostly my depression. My depression came back and I thought, I can't. Now that I know what it's like to not live with this, I can't mm-hmm. live with it. 
Um, and throughout the pregnancy, I realized like I had a whole bunch of plums. I'd reintroduced plums by that point. Pitted fruit seems seemed to not cause problems. I had a whole bunch of plums and I had this horrible stomach ache that happened like two times where it was four hours of like sweating stomach pain. I was like, okay, I guess large quantities of fruit are out. And then my dad pointed out that if he had a whole bunch of sweet potatoes, he'd feel worse the next day. So what we realized was the carbier foods were causing problems. So we cut the carbier foods. So then we were at meat and greens and like quite a few greens because I was a huge salad fan, but meat and greens because, and I was really scared too at that time because I was getting some, um, I guess, hate from my in-laws about nutrient deficiencies and things. And they're like, you know, you're, everybody has an opinion when you're pregnant, don't they? Yeah. And it was like, what am I going to do? Eat a whole bunch of grains. So my arthritis comes back, my skin dies because that's better for me somehow. Mm -hmm. So I was getting vitamin infusions because I was paranoid about nutrient deficiencies um, and eating meat and greens. And I thought, well, maybe this is just what pregnancy is like because pregnancy can be really hard on people. And so I had my daughter and it still didn't go away. I was like, okay, this is bad. So at a certain point it was... 2017 October and I googled like allergic to everything it's like how can I be allergic to everything I can't not eat anything and I'm sure it's food and I came across this article of somebody who'd treated her Lyme disease with an all beef diet and she'd been doing it for 15 years she had two kids and she wasn't sick and I thought screw it if she can like survive like that then I at least I can go to that diet as a baseline and then try and reintroduce from there and maybe it'll work for me. So December, 2017, I cut out salad and I went to just beef. And then I, well, then I came across the carnivore diet and it had just started becoming more popular. And it was like, oh, there are actually other people on this. That's a relief because I hadn't been able to find anybody who had such a restrictive diet for like, well, two years at that point. So I went on that and then I got, I didn't get better for a long time. I had diarrhea for six weeks. Yeah. And it was really scary and really awful. And I didn't want to be that restrictive in the first place because contrary yeah, to and nobody belief, wants to I actually live on, like food. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to live on just beef for the rest of their life. I mean, seriously. No, no, they don't. They, they don't. And people like some people who are on this diet, you, you do get used to the diet and it's a hell of a lot better than having an autoimmune disorder, right. if you have but like choose. being healthy and being able to eat lots of food would be better. Um, so a week into the diet, I stopped because it wasn't making me better. I was getting dizzy after I ate and things and was like, okay, this is stupid. Um, so I stopped, had like a big salad with, I don't know, the salad and instantly my digestion improved. And the next day I woke up and I was itchy and weepy and my arthritis was back. And I was like, what the hell? It's like, okay, so I guess I'll choose. Yeah. It's a rough time. I guess I'll choose, choose the diarrhea. diarrhea. Oh, okay. oh my God. It's like, which one's the, okay, so this one's bad. This one, which one's better? <laughs> which, <laughs> which is the better option of yeah, two it was, completely horrendous things? Yeah, it was very unpleasant. So I stuck with it. And at the six week period, my digestion improved a bit and my arthritis improved. I got dad to switch over to, to drop the salad he was eating because his anxiety hadn't gone away with, like he hadn't gotten, he hadn't reached the same level of health as I had on the limited food diet. But when he switched over to beef, it was like three days and the anxiety lifted. So I was like, okay, so we're stuck on this. But I assured him, like, we won't be stuck on it forever. I'll figure out what's going on. I just need some time. Like I've gotten this far. We just need some time. So that's how I got to the carnivore diet. And um, I also found out like to bring this back to knowing it's some sort of gut related problem. Um, when I dropped all the plants I was eating, um, part of the reason I had that diarrhea at the beginning was because I had C. difficile. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's a really awful bacterial infection, like gut bacterial infection that you can pick up in hospitals. So if you're on long-term antibiotics, and you pick it up somewhere, it, it kills people. Listening to your story, it's even like, of course, I had a whole list of questions here that I was going to ask you. And But you know, <laughs> the funny thing is like listening to your story, 
every question I was going to ask you like just seems superficial now. You know, it's it's the to have experienced to have gone through what you've gone through, to have experienced the pain that you've experienced. Like basically, your life has literally been one one long bout of pain management <laughs> up until recently, you know. And yeah. I think uh, you know, I, I said to you in the very beginning. Um, you know, the reason why I specifically wanted to have you on the podcast was only because of my own experience of of finding you and, you know, and how it really opened my mind and changed my perception. And I think that just hearing your story, and I hope that everyone listening to it is really is feeling what I felt because, you know, obviously I heard your story in a different way. I I I bought your dad's or I bought your dad's book on Audible and I was um I was listening, I was listening to it, of course. And then I remember seeing on your, and I told this story at the start of the podcast, but I remember, but you didn't hear, of course, which was just the intro. But I, um, I remember, I remember whenever I listened or I, I, I saw your dad's Instagram and he had a post on Instagram and it was him sitting at a table eating. And he said, Oh, trying the, um, trying the carnivore diet or whatever, you know, as inspired by my daughter, Michaela. And I was a big fan of your dad's after listening to his book. And so I immediately clicked on your profile. I was like, Oh, he has a daughter let's go check her out, you know? And I went over to your profile and, and, uh, and then I was, and then, you know, I saw on your prof- profile, I think at the time it said, you know, he, you know, healed from autoimmune disease, you know, from eating only beef, salt and water. And my initial reaction was, I was like, beef, salt and water, like seriously, is she some, some kind of fucking nutter, you know, honestly. To be fair though, to be fair though, that isn't an unreasonable reaction. Like I, that's exactly the reaction I would have had if I'd seen that on somebody's profile. I know, but you see, of course, I think my whole thing was as well, because I'm a vegan. I am, you know, I have 20 years experience in nutrition. I am massively interested in the gut, in the liver, in, you know, I go to bed reading books about, you know, the low sugar diet, the the reverse diabetes diet, the, you know, your gut diet, the liver diet. This is my bedtime reading, you know, my stack of books. And so, of course, then I, I truly believe that I was very knowledgeable in these areas and, you know, medicine and heal thy body with food. And I think that many vegans are in many Anyways, because we're so interested in food and we're so interested, we think a little deeper. Many vegans think a little deeper than the average person, I suppose, is what I would say. And so I was definitely, and so the the minute I saw your profile, I thought, you know, that's bullshit. You know, on my immediate, it wasn't not that it was bullshit, but I was like, I could have healed her so much better with with vegetables, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, with with you know, with all of these different protocols that I've used to heal people. You know, I've I've given people to heal themselves over the years, and then I, you know, I and so then I I I looked at a couple of your posts, and I remember there was like a post of your, you know, you were laughing. Your friend had brought you like a steak with a candle in it for your birthday, and and again, and I had another like visceral reaction of, oh, for fuck's sake. Like seriously, what kind of loser has a fucking steak for her birthday with a bloody and I and and then I went, you know what, Michaela Peterson, wish you well, but you're definitely not my kind of girl. And I oh, yeah. clicked away from your page and I decided not to follow you. And then of course I kept listening to your dad's book and and um and I was like, really like Jordan Peterson, daughter's a bit of a looper, but you know, it's fine. I won't judge him for that. <laughs> Truly, you know. And then and then I got to the final chapter which is obviously all about you. Well, a good part of it is about you. And I listened and I remember sitting in my kitchen on my kitchen couch and I I can even, it even makes me emotional even remembering it. I remember listening to your dad. I had it on the Alexa because I was, um, oh, she's going to start talking to me now. I have one here in the office. Uh, anyway, and I had it on, you know, I was listening to it and I remember I was moving around the kitchen and he started to discuss you and talking about you and about the pain and about teaching you to inject yourself and then giving you a time frame to inject yourself and you were motivated by money and he was like okay now you have to do it and you, then now you have to do it within 10 minutes and within 30 minutes now you have to do it within 10 minutes and then you know just describing the pain that you went through and as and then his voice breaking of course as a parent listening to another parent's voice break when he's telling the story I had the, and I sat there and with tears pouring down my face only because I literally realized what it is that we do to each other, what it is. And I know that I wrote to you afterwards and I told you this um, and nobody else, you know, obviously that, that that's the story or whatever of how you and I came to be friends. But I had this enormous realization of how quickly we judge, of how quickly we judge and how quickly I had judged you. And I see myself as a very unjudgmental person. I'm like, I am not a judgmental person at all. I am the most open-minded, love everybody, welcome everybody with open arms kind of person. And truly I had, like if we had a met, I, I would never have, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I'm not talking to her because she's a, a carnivore. I'm not that, I'm not a fearful person, but I definitely, I definitely was holier than thou in my belief of, of, you know, I definitely, you know, definitely was a bit of a know-it-all. 
And, but hearing your story and, and then immediately I listened to your dad and then of course sat there with tears pouring down my face. And then I went back to your Instagram page and I immediately followed you. I was like, no, I want to follow her. No, I want to, no, I'm curious. No, I want to know. And then I wrote to you and I was like, and I, I told you the story and I apologized to you and I, I shared the experience with you. And I was so grateful that then, you know, that you wrote back to me and then we became, we became friends. It was almost like, you know, you gave me a chance to heal, if that makes sense in a weird kind of way. Like Aww. it was, if you if you'd never come back to me, it would have I would have felt okay saying my piece, but it would have um, it would. Oh. <laughs> don't start, make me cry. I don't know why it makes me so emotional. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I am just really emotional about it anyway. I think. Oh, well, it's hard. It's hard. Like um, when I I felt so bad. <laughs> Well, really you've been through so much pain in your life and to have someone come on and, and judge you, a stranger come on and judge you when they don't know you. You know, that's what, even though I didn't say it directly to your face, it was still, you know, it was horrible. Wow. Sorry. I don't, I don't think it's like, I don't, I, I get it. And I've had my worldview flattened so many times that like I I understand I used to be it's it's scary because if you really believe in one thing the world is so strange that it'll just take that thing and turn it upside down right and then people do it again they'll be like okay that's not what I believe in but I believe in something else and then the world this is at least my experience it's like I completely believed in the doctor's ability to figure out what was going on Right. And I was extremely irritated when anyone suggested that it was something I was doing wrong. And it's not like I was doing something wrong. I didn't eat a particularly unhealthy diet. Like I had whole grains. It was just, it was a regular diet. Um, but I was, I judged gluten-free people first because I was like, oh, California, right. like girls, gluten-free people. And that was like, oh man, maybe gluten-free is an actual thing. And then I was judging, I judged organic people who like to buy organic food for a long time and then all I did was eat organic food and then it was just <clears throat> and then I was at meat and greens and I was like what's this and I came across these people who only ate beef and was just like that's stupid and then it was like oh now I'm there and so I've just given up and I like walk around the world really carefully trying not to think I know what I'm talking about because even even this beef diet like I got into a point in this where I was like okay everyone needs to try this like it worked so well for me everybody needs to try this because I want them to experience if they're sick not being sick and maybe it'll work for them right um and I got I a little sniff. bit no, I'm like don't want to sniff in the microphone <laughs> yes no, I'm um, sure you did I'm sure you were like this worked for me and if it worked for me it can work for you and you just want to yeah and I still like to be fair I do believe that particularly people with severe autoimmune disorders that, that that can give them a place to start so I still do believe that but I also think that there's some there's an underlying problem going on and I think it's gut related and I do think eventually I'm going to be able to reintroduce foods and kind of get back to, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do grains again grains and sugar and processed food and dairy is definitely out I can't do eggs like um but I think there'll be a point where I can get back a little bit of what I had um but yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm really careful to not judge. And the fu the funny thing about my experience with food is I've never, there are a lot of people in the carnivore um, community. They're very, very anti-vegan. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because some of those people had bad experiences with the diet, but also part of it is because people get caught up in beliefs and then they just turn on other people. But I don't, I think I've been pretty careful to not be anti-vegan because one, I can kind of understand why it helps certain people. I think that people who can tolerate an all-plant diet for a long period of time have something that I need, <laughs> like whatever, whatever's going there and their gut wise or something, I want that. But I can also understand like removing particularly like processed foods, sugar, dairy was, dairy was almost as bad as grains for my arthritis. Um, eggs, like being more aware, eating whole foods. Like I can understand why it works too. So I'm just careful to not, I don't want to start believing in something and then like be whomped by life again. Yeah. 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 And I think as well, whenever you are on 
the extreme of something, you know, most people are just in the middle, you know, and, and I'm, I, well, here's the thing. I'm actually not fully vegan as in like, I'm not, um, the, I'm not an ethical vegan in terms of, I do wear leather. Um, I do wear byproducts of the, of the animal industry. So it is, you know, I do, I try not to buy leather in fairness, but if I, if I have it, you know, or it's, um, a lot of people give off to me, but I carry, I have Louis Vuitton bags, but a lot of people don't realize they're actually vinyl. <laughs> they're not even leather, they're vinyl. Oh, oh wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, they're vinyl. They're actually coated vinyl. But um, but anyway, so I'm not fully, I'm not an ethical vegan, but what I get a lot of times is people come to me and they see my name, the Sculpted Vegan, and then they they are ethic, very, very, um, very devout ethical vegans. And so therefore then they, they see me and then they see me maybe carrying something or, or wearing something. And they're like, is that, is that leather? And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's leather. And then they get really angry with me and they're like, how oh, dare you? Or they see me getting Botox or whatever. And they're like, that's been tested on animals. I got, yeah, I got hell for just from being in the paleo community. Um, I actually stopped getting Botox, but I used to get Botox like here in particular because I just had this glare from just being concerned about being depressed all the time. <laughs> Me too. Look, so look I've, my written, front lines. I've written blog posts about Botox and fillers also because I was really scared of putting anything into my body to get an autoimmune response. So I wanted to tell people, hey, I've actually done these things and I didn't have an autoimmune response. So if you're in the same category of people as me and it a might sensitive be okay individual, like it might work for you because it worked for me. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of hell like, oh, that's not natural. Like, because a lot of people in this carnivore camp or paleo community are very natural, which is totally fine. And I like, I try and buy natural products too for my skin and everything, but I still wear makeup. Like I still, I bleach my hair. Like I wear fake nails. I still want to do those things. So I get what you mean by people trying to like put you in a they box do. and just say, yeah, you're not in the box right now. And I think that what happens as well is they, so I think, and this is what I say to people who, who punish me online. And I say to them, here's the thing, right? You see me and you see the word, the sculpted vegan or whatever, the name, the sculpted vegan, and you make me into something that you have created in your head. You go, oh, she is like me. So basically what they do is they look at me and they go, oh my God, this woman and look, and she has an Instagram following and a company and she has this, this amazing body and she must be like me. And so they immediately feel an affinity with you because they feel that you're the same. So then you exhibit a behavior which isn't like you and they go, how dare you? How, how dare you let me down? How dare you not live up to my my expectations? And I go, but you understand your expectations are nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. So if I don't live up to your expectation, it is zero to do with me and everything to do with your expectation. But they don't like that. They want to make me bad for being me rather than going, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? I had an expectation that she was a certain way and now she appears to not be that way. So now I can choose to still follow her or I can choose to unfollow her. But they go, that's it. I'm unfollowing you. You're you're killing the animals. <laughs> you know? I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, like really, my life will go on if you're not following me. Didn't even know you existed yeah. anyway. So, yeah, yeah. so it's. Yeah. I think that's truly what happens. But I've experienced it on your page as well. You know, a couple of times with um with people. But interestingly, actually, it's two things have happened from me because obviously, you know, like I would comment on your stuff or I would, you know, it's not normally whenever I tag you, that doesn't normally happen. But if I comment on your post quite often, I get a, you know, I get, sometimes I get people underneath going, you know, oh, wow, vegan over here, not being judgmental. Hello, vegan. Hello, non-judgmental vegan. Nice to see you. And then I get other people going, you hypocritical bastard. What the fuck are you doing here? Get off your own page. And even though I've been like, you know, I'll comment and say, oh my God, you look so beautiful or, you know, and I don't know whether they think I'm like being facetious or something, you know, and they're like, you know, get out of here, you nasty bitch, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is interesting. and I didn't realize it happened on the other side. I thought it was just the vegans. And I was like, oh wow, the carnivores are nasty too, you know, and yeah. then I realize it's the people who have the extreme side. But then interestingly, I have a couple of people who've, who now follow me, who follow you, who are now like, they, they're like, write me all the time. They love me. They're like, they're like, I don't oh, know whether they're cool. like, they're so happy that, you know, um, that they're just like that. You know what? They just, and I always say to people, whenever they, they comment on my, you know, me commenting on you and I'm just like, yeah, here we are friending all over each other, you know? And I think, you know, that's the biggest, they're like, how can you two be friends? Why, how can we not? Like, that's like saying, how can a black child be friendly with a white child? Like that is like, that's basically what people are saying. You can't be friendly with Michaela Peterson because she eats a beef only diet and you're, and you're a vegan. Really? Really? Is that what we're actually saying here? You know, and I think that the thing for me was after I listened to your dad's book and I, and then I heard your story and, and I was like, literally, if I know that if I was in your position, I would eat every cow that, that crossed my path 
if if it meant that I felt better and I and I didn't I wasn't depressed and I didn't have an autoimmune you know response and my joints weren't sore and I was able to live a happy life and I know that about myself and the thing is what I would ask is that any vegans listening to this who were previously judgmental or who still find themselves a little judgmental like ask yourself if you were in Michaela's shoes truly would you would you still like be you know it's very easy to take a very strong position on something whenever you've never experienced pain but when you've experienced pain suddenly your whole perspective shifts mm-hmm. yeah and it, it does and for me it was it was really it was the mental pain a lot i needed a lot of discomfort to drop some of the things i was eating like i really like food i was a huge like food person so not eating cake for the rest of your life like that's does suck. That's depressing. So yeah. And so it, I had to be like walloped a number of times for like, no, this is what happens when you eat that. This is what happens when you eat that for like, it took almost two years of monthly horrible autoimmune responses till I was like, you know what? Okay. It's not worth it, but it's not, it's definitely not easy. It's, it's pretty no. rough. And I'm hope I'm hoping like I managed to reintroduce and I'm, so I am slowly reintroducing things now that I'm, I've gotten rid of the C-difficile infection and I can, I kind of feel better. Um, and I'm hoping it's been long enough that my guts healed. Right. So I've managed to reintroduce fish, no problem, which is wow. amazing. Cause so that's like wild salmon, wild tuna chicken is kind of iffy. Um, but I think I'm going to go at some point and reintroduce start like really easy reintroduce something like coconut water because it's like there's hardly any plants in that Uh, electrolytes and also do you know that in the raw vegan community they say that the raw vegans are evangelical obviously you know about their food i was one for a while actually i've tried every diet under the sun i've never tried the beef diet the carnivore (laughs) diet and i'm probably not going to just for full disclosure but (laughs) i did try the raw vegan diet um do you know that they say coconut water is actually the closest thing to breast milk they really? believe in the raw, yeah, in the raw vegan com- in community. They say if you weren't able to breastfeed your child, or you weren't able to get like a, a like a um, well, breast milk obviously they being the best source to feed a baby. Um, they say, but if um, if you aren't able to, they reckon that coconut water is actually the closest thing to human breast milk in terms of composition of nutrients, electrolytes. Obviously, not protein content. Maybe it's only two point four percent. Mother's milk is two point four percent. But anyway, that's just what I heard. I haven't researched it, but interesting that coconut water might actually work well god i hope so i'm just hoping that one i won't have an immune response because i really don't want to be depressed again um but two that i've like some of these foods some of the foods i was eating before were really easy on me i ate a lot of coconut products like coconut products didn't seem to cause an inflammatory reaction at all until i got pregnant and whatever happened there happened it's been a wild ride I know I, I actually I know we've been talking a long time and I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do just want to ask um something else, <laughs> changing gears slightly. What was what is it like being Jordan Peterson's daughter? The hardest part I think was he went on tour and he was just gone. So he got famous and then went on tour and it was just he I didn't see him for like I mean we worked together, so I talked to him on, on the phone every day, but it was weird not having him there um for it was like a year. And that tour, you know, he's the type of person where you see an opportunity and you, he jumps on it, mm-hmm. right? And which is a good way to be. But he got he he got famous, and then there was opportunity everywhere, and it like almost it almost killed him. Honestly, yeah, he went yeah. on tour and he just drove himself into the like it was it was too much. It was too much to handle, and. I think anybody who's like conscientious, conscientious and someone who pushes themselves, and I'm sure you're one of these people who just push yourself until you're like ill, mm-hmm. um, especially if there's just opportunity everywhere. So I yeah, think the hardest yeah. part was it, it was really hard on him. Like it was, there's opportunity everywhere. He took all of it and it just, it almost killed him. And it was really hard on my mom um, because it was like, she kind of lost him a little bit. It was like lost him to two people. And you get, and then there were people on the street coming up um, saying, you've completely transformed my life. And it happened so fast. It was like, he put out a YouTube video. um, It was October, 2016. His book came out, I think January, 2017, something like that. And so it was just like, it was four months. And then the, the Kathy Newman um, interview went viral. That was in January. So it's been, 
it's completely changed our lives and it, it honestly hasn't changed it for the better. I don't think because, um, of the stress that's come with it. Like it, it really almost broke my dad and he'll have recovered by like September ish. But my mom got, and like my mom last year got cancer and we're not entirely sure why that happened. Um, but like there was an unbelievable amount of stress and I think he's, he's 58. And so I think too, at that, having that kind of thing happen when you're older too, I don't know how that, how much more stressful it is. Um, and then he had on top of that, he had this weird food thing. So he was having the same, I didn't mention this. He was having the same food reactions, the same depressive reactions that I was having. And it was like, okay, are we just nuts? Because <laughs> no doctor says this exists. Yeah. And so now it's like traveling the world can only eat beef or he has this huge depressive spike. It was just like, what is going on? Like the universe just flipped upside down. Um, but I think things are stabilizing, you know, <laughs> assuming this pandemic goes away. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important for me to say as a, a vegan, a prominent vegan in the community that I still, that I do still believe that a vegan diet is more sustainable, is better for the environment, is better for the body in most cases, <laughs> you know, that's just still my belief. And But in your case, I, you know, I think that we always have to examine what's our highest value. In my case, I have no issues. I have no immune diseases, autoimmune diseases. I have no, I have nothing wrong with me. So for me, it's very easy for me to live this way. If I was in your situation, would I live, would I do what you have done? 100%. I know that I would have. And I think that, you know, if anyone, what I really want people to come away from this is knowing that, um, is is just having a having a different understanding or a different perspective that you don't actually know what why someone's choosing what they're choosing or what they've gone through or what their process has been until you know and hold back and reserve judgment until you know because otherwise you're cutting yourself off from a wonderful opportunity to learn to open yourself up to new experiences to new people like look how you know we've become what I would consider good friends you know yeah since this and I we would never have had that opportunity had my mind remained closed so I just think that if you have a closed mind, you really close yourself off to other people. And also, if you want to change the world, you, you'll never do it by being angry or judgmental. You know, people open up when people open up. And I think that's what affects change in the world. And I don't even really know how to finish this, to be honest. I'm like, well, it's, you know, no, it's I think just... that was that was a really good way to put it. Um, I also wanted to thank you for like reaching out and like talking to me for the last year because it's been really helpful. Like it's been really nice just to be able to chat online. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's for inviting me on too. Oh, it's wonderful. You're welcome. And I just love, you know, I just think that sometimes I know as a strong and inverted commas woman taking a stand in the world that is slightly different to what other people are doing. It can be lonely out here, you know, and um, you never really know who's your friend. You never really know who just wants something from you. I don't know. I, I I don't know why. I just I think you're awesome. I think you're so cool. Even <laughs> though you're you. a carnivore. Well, I think you're awesome too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely have different different beliefs, but I think the <clears throat> the core Yeah. The humanity. Kind of, the core humanity. Yeah. And that's the essence of what I wanted to bring today. It was truly the feeling of, you know, we're all human underneath it all. Despite what we eat, despite our choices, you know, we are not what we eat. We are not what we believe. We're all ultimately human at the end of it, uh, underneath it all. And I think that whenever we forget that, that's when problems arise. So I guess I suppose what yeah. I want people to come away from today is, is just the it's just to remember next time you look at someone and you feel like you want to judge them, just try and see their humanity before you slap a label on them and then, and then act a certain way towards them because of that label. So thank you yeah. so much, Michaela. I this agree. has been truly spectacular. I just want to finish by saying thank you so much to Michaela for being brave enough to come on a vegan podcast. I mean, I hope that you loved her as much as I did. And I know I got very emotional during that podcast, but really, like I said to you, whenever I heard her story, whenever I heard her dad tell her story and I felt his pain as a parent, I truly felt like it was my pain. I truly felt like it was one of my children going through that pain. And I know that in that moment, I would do anything to support my child, anything to help them to feel better. And, you know, and, and anything to help them to be pain-free because what is life if we are not pain-free? You know, it's, it's, it's crucifying. 
And so thank you, Michaela, for coming on this podcast. And most of all, thank you to you, the listener. So if you made it all the way to the end of this interview, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for for showing up. Thank you for trusting me to bring you a story, which was probably a little outside of what you're used to listening to. And thank you for opening your heart and opening your mind enough to hear Michaela's story. And I'm like I said, I'm not trying to convert anyone here over to, you know, away from veganism or over to carnivores. But what I'm trying to invite you to do, everyone who's listening to this podcast, whether you are a vegan, whether you're a carnivore and you come here from Michaela's page, whatever, I want you to invite you to open your mind and to see someone is not on the other side, but someone who is actually very, very like you. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a reason. Everybody has their own unique experience. And until we have walked in someone else's shoes, we can never judge. We can only judge from our own perception. When someone judges you, they're not judging you. They're judging the you that they, they're judging the them that they see in you. So when I see something in you I don't like that I want to punish or judge, it's because I have have that as part of myself. And when I see you representing that part of myself that I don't like, I want to punish it and shut it down because I don't want to recognize it in me. So the more we can recognize and embrace and accept every single part of ourselves, the more we will be able to recognize, embrace, and accept other human beings. And when we can do that, the world will change. The world will change. That is what is called love. Love first of all for self, love and acceptance of self, and then love and acceptance of other. So I can't wait to read your reviews on the podcast. Um, Please make sure you leave me one. Don't forget that we give away every single month um, a Sculpted Vegan program, including the $1,500 Sculpt and Shred program, if that is the program of your choice, to one lucky winner. So we choose one person who's left a review every single month. We we choose them as a winner of a Sculpted Vegan program. Um, This month, it could be you. So don't forget to leave a review. And if you're chosen, we will notify you via Instagram or via email. Um, And if you ain't in it, you can't win it. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and I will see you next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Thank you so much. I love you all so, so, so much. And I love you for listening. Take care now. Bye-bye.